It's the Adam Ritz Show, a social awareness talk show touching on fellowship, leadership, philanthropy, and more. Adam hosts the show on location from coast to coast, interviewing college students, student athletes, campus administrators, professional athletes, and social experts about social issues ranging from bullying to Twitter and everything in between. And now it's your social awareness radio host, Adam Ritz. Always a pleasure to catch up with a friend of the show. This is Lee Markham. Lee, how are you, my brother? Adam, great to be here with you as always. Lee is the CEO and president of Jack's Donuts. Uh, information at jacksdonuts.com. Nine locations now? Seven right now, 11 by April of 2017. Oh, that's fantastic. Eight, Congratulations. Eight in a few weeks. Greenwood will be open very soon. So, yeah. Uh, okay, and we're looking at uh, world domination. I mean, a thousand locations, coast to coast, anytime by 2020? That's probably, probably two, I'd say July 2019, we can probably have that worked <laughs> okay. out. So, that's what we're going to shoot for. So, yeah, I mean, that's what I want. So, we'll, we'll see if that works with out. With the holidays, um, and, you know, I think of the holidays, I think of, um, charities and benefits uh i don't necessarily think of 5ks and running when i think of donuts but we do have sort of a charity benefit through uh, the holiday season uh concerning donuts and a 5k chair is this the donut 5k or is this the jack's donuts 5k tell us about this it's the donut 5k in Carmel. Uh, it's Saturday, December 17th. Right now, you can sign up. Um, it is uh, registration at donut5krun.com. And I have to say, it cracks me up because if you had told me three years ago that, hey, you're going to sponsor a 5K and it's going to be called the Donut 5K, I would have told you that you're crazy. And this is, I believe this is our third year doing it, and people go absolutely nuts for it. I mean, they have breaks in the middle of the race where they stop and they eat donuts. No kidding. Yeah. I mean, I. I run, I run five days a week, and I'm just like, I'm blown away that people do that. And I, uh, but I eat donuts every day too. So, <laughs> I guess I, I guess I actually, I live the donut 5K every day. So, so uh, last year, did you participate as well as sponsor it? I mean, did you were you out there running it? Nope, nope, I was not. I was just out there kissing the babies and uh, yeah, hands. yeah, shaking hands and the high fives and all that. And I, uh, it was really cold. And uh, I mean, well, yeah. It, yeah, it was really cold. And believe it or not, it actually. It always, because it's always right before Christmas, and it actually conflicts with uh, a family Christmas that I have. Because otherwise, I would totally do it. But but that's kind of you know why they have it right then, because people are usually free, and the people who run they think, well, let me squeeze in another run, so I can get this holiday weight off. But I'm gonna eat donuts in the process, so I don't know how that works out. But people love it. And it's something that really, really gets our name out. The city of Carmel does a lot of great things, so we, we love it. It's one, of our, it's one of our favorite events of the year. Do they have uh, hot chocolate at these, you know, stations where they can stop and you have a donut? Maybe I'm going to guess, you know, 5K is 2 point, is it 2.7 miles or 3.1? 3, 3. It's 3.26 miles, like so probably every half mile you can stop at a table of donuts and get a, get a donut or a donut hold. Is there hot chocolate there, too? I don't know if there's hot chocolate or not. I know there's at least coffee. I don't you know, know if there's hot chocolate. Oh, and but coffee. Yeah, I would I, rather have coffee. I'm envisioning, uh, you know, you run a 5K in the dead of summer, and it's hot, and there's, there's those little Dixie cups of cold water, and you grab a couple, you take a drink of one and just pour it on top of your head. Are people grabbing hot chocolate and pouring it on top of their heads? That's what they do. They, they <laughs> they, they dump. They actually grab pots of coffee and dump the coffee on their heads Wonder. as they run, and then they just dip the donut like from the coffee on their cheek as they run. So it's the donut 5K, 
And uh, Jack's Donuts, three-year sponsors yes. now. It's a great cause. Uh, just top of your head, I'll put you on the spot. Do you know who it benefits? Yeah, this actually benefits the Humane Society for Hamilton County. Okay, great cause. Help out the animals. Have a donut and some uh, coffee, hot chocolate maybe, as you run. Do you um, suggest worrying about putting on the like layers, um, a full parka, ski jacket? What, what would be your strategy as a runner? I would just go with like sweats and a long sleeve shirt because you're going to be eating donuts as you run. And it's awesome. It's fun. And every, it's one of those ones. It's, it's great because everybody's really, really happy. They think it's hilarious. It's right before the holidays. It's a good combination of everything. Well, I know there's a, a lot of cities across America listening to the show. They have a lot of 5Ks uh, around the holidays. So in your neighborhood, in your community, just just Google search 5K for charity. You'll find a great one. Uh, this is a great one, the Donut 5K, sponsored in part by Jack's Donuts. And we were lucky enough to have Lee Markham, the CEO of Jack's Donuts, uh, with us for the conversation. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Thanks for coming on the show. Same to you, Adam. Thanks for having me. Get to know Adam at AdamRitz.com. Get to know the radio show at AdamRitzShow.com. Our next guest is Haley Getz. Haley is a Bradley University student with a service sorority, and she is the philanthropy chairperson for the sorority. It is, uh, what is the name of it again? Epsilon Sigma Alpha. Epsilon Sigma Alpha. Haley, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us. I'm good. Thanks for having me. So you are, as the philanthropy chairperson, you're the person in charge of raising awareness and raising money within your service sorority. First of all, uh, explain for me and my listeners uh, what a service sorority is. We've heard the term sorority. You know, we can think about uh, a bunch of young ladies on a college campus living in a single dwelling and having uh, maybe um, um, a get-together at a fraternity. That's not what this is. You're, this is a service sorority. We don't have a house, but we are a group of girls. We have a meeting every other week on Mondays. Um, we actually do do fraternity exchanges. We have date parties. We kind of have a little bit of a social aspect, but we focus mostly on our three philanthropies and doing service and getting you know the community better for us helping them. Very good. And so you, now you piqued my interest. Uh, there's three. Yeah. Three philanthropies that you're involved with. What are those three? Okay, our main one is St. Jude. That's who we raise most of our money for. But we also have Easter Seals and Hope for Heroes. So those are our three. And I have chairs under me that are specific to those three. And then we work all year to raise money and awareness for all three. Okay, let's start with St. Jude's. Um, That's a great national philanthropy, um, working with sick children and their families who otherwise couldn't afford to get the medical care that they need. Um, Is there a single annual event that you do just for St. Jude's? We actually have ESA Heart St. Jude Month, which is the month of February. So February, we're just jam-packed doing stuff, everything we can. We do little things, we do big events, all sorts of stuff. And we just, the whole month is full of St. Jude. And there's a fraternity on campus, Delta Upsilon. They also are um, St. Jude's, so we work with them. And we just get everything together in that month. That must be nice to have uh, another group of guys you can lean on for the mm-hmm. same common goal to help St. Jude's. Uh, you do Easter Seals. Okay, tell us about that. Easter Seals is um, a gr- an organization that is for kids who need their... They're not fully physically developed, so, you know, we we have a group of girls that go and they do water aquatics with them and they, you know, work their muscles and stuff because they don't otherwise, you know, they don't have the physical capability, you know, go play a basketball game or something, so. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Um, um, Haley Getz is our guest and she's explaining the uh, philanthropy projects that her sorority, her service sorority, uh, let me see if I can get this right, Epsilon Sigma 
Alpha yep. as the <laughs> sorority uh, service sorority here at Bradley University. And that third sort of project you guys do is for who? Hope for Heroes. Hope so, for Heroes, a military thing? Yep, okay. this one's kind of newer to us, so we're still working on it. We're looking to do a um, kind of like an obstacle course, like a warrior dash with the Marines on, on campus here and raise money and awareness for them. It's for um, heroes that are like hurt, you know, they just for coming back from battle. So you want to set up one of those obstacle courses with mud and they fire mud. where you have to like, you crawl through fire and mud and, you know, climb rocks, climb a mountain, and, and uh, it's all for charity. So I, I'd do it if you didn't set me on fire. Well, I don't think they're going to let us tear up the quad, but <laughs> if we could. <laughs> okay, well, those are all great projects and great philanthropies. Uh, we love meeting students like you that get involved with their communities. Uh, one of the reasons is because um, a lot of college kids get a bad rap, especially in Greek life, sororities and fraternities. A lot of middle America thinks that you guys are a bunch of partiers and you're not making this planet a better place. But doggone it, Haley Getz is here to tell you that they are making this planet a better place. So hats off again to your service sorority, Epsilon Sigma Alpha. And can we learn about that uh, sorority online? Do you have a Facebook page or anything? Um, yeah, we have a Facebook page. It's Bradley... Bradley Epsilon Sigma Alpha, I'm, yeah. So through Facebook, just search yeah, just Bradley, Bradley Epsilon Sigma Epsilon Alpha, mm -hmm. and you'll be able to find uh, these projects that they work with and maybe even say, write a message on the wall and say hi to Haley. If you need anybody to come volunteer anywhere, contact us, and we'll send our girls. That's what we do. We send people. <laughs> They're making this planet a better place. Thank you, Haley. <laughs> Thank you. Get socially technical with The Adam Ritz Show. Facebook, Adam Ritz Show. Twitter, at Adam Ritz. It's social. Technically. Continuing now on the campus of Bradley University in Peoria, Illinois, we're joined by a young man. He's the philanthropy chairman of his fraternity, Sigma Nu. This is Sean Nolan. Hi, Sean. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, and we love learning more about philanthropies on college campuses with Sigma News at Bradley University. Uh, what do you guys do to raise money and awareness for charities in and around town, or even uh, nationally for that matter? Uh, basically, we uh, try to raise money any way we can, really. Through uh, We go through uh, certain stores, help us a lot, and uh, we, we try to find uh, places that will sponsor us and things of that nature. So, so is this a, uh, an elected position within your chapter house? Uh, you ran to become the philanthropy chairman, and uh, your fellow brothers and roommates voted for you to get the position, so they must know you're a man of character. And, uh, and you put your heart and soul into this to help uh, um, kids in the area. I mean, um, um, maybe sick people. Uh, I guess I could go on and on. You tell me, who do you, uh, wh what kind of groups do you work with and for? Well, we work for the Children's Hospital of Illinois, okay. based out here in Peoria. And uh, it's a lot of fun. Every year we do a run. It's from uh, ISU to the Children's Hospital in Peoria. It's about 32 miles. And uh, that's kind of leading up to, we have a philanthropy week, and we, that's all leading up to this run. And that's kind of our whole big uh, grand finale. Basically. So your, your big project is, uh, is a run. It's 32 miles. I mean, that's farther than a marathon. Marathon is 26.2 miles. You yeah. do a 32-mile run? Mm -hmm. Is it uh, teams? Is it we, one yeah, person we, uh, goes 32 miles, or you get 32 people to each run a mile? Uh, well, every year we have one kid that tries to do the whole 32. But, yeah, we 
basically do it in like teams. So okay. we'll do it in shifts, like three or four shifts usually. Okay. And uh, you said that's from ISU. Is that Illinois State University? Yes. Okay. So that's not even your your school. No. I mean, not. so that's that shows me. I mean, that's cool because yeah. uh, you're not afraid to reach out to other campuses to get other schools involved. So from Illinois State University to downtown Peoria, that's 32 miles between the two. And where's Illinois State University? Uh, it's in Normal, Illinois. Okay. So it's about uh, 20 minutes driving. Okay. And uh, 20 minutes driving, and it's about six hours running. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's quite the run, yeah. Okay, and so on an annual basis, that's your big uh, grand finale philanthropy. How much money does that event raise, that single event? Uh, last year we raised over $20,000. No kidding. And, yeah, in the grand total throughout the year we raised about 20,000. That is fantastic. That is great. I talked to a lot of fraternities that, you know, do projects that'll raise 1,500 or maybe 3,000 or maybe five, but 20, that's a, that's a, congratulations. That's great hard work paying off uh, to benefit the Children's Hospital of Peoria. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Okay. And is there anywhere we, where we can uh, learn about this, see this digitally, a Facebook page or anything? Um, well, I'm actually currently working on making a Twitter page and a Facebook page, but we also have a Sigma Nu Twitter page that will post a lot of stuff about that. I'm good friends with the guy that owns it. So. Okay. And that's uh, Sigma Nu Bradley University on Twitter. How would they, uh, what's the yeah, app mention Actually, on that? the handle would be uh, Sigma Nu, at Sigma Nu Bradley. S-I-G-M-A-N-U-B-R-A-D-L-Y-L-E-Y. Okay, at Sigma Nu Bradley. Uh, learn more information about that 32-mile run. Uh, and I'm sure for guys like me that just want to give some money, we can donate some money without actually running 32 miles, hopefully. Absolutely. Okay, absolutely, good, yeah. good. Because I'd like to contribute to that and uh, make it uh, maybe $21,000 next year. That's awesome. Um, Sean Nolan, uh, thank you for all you do to make your planet a better place. It inspires us and our listeners to get up off our couch and make this planet a better place. Best of luck to you, sir, and thanks for joining us on the show. Thanks for having me. Adam Ritz is a media personality and keynote speaker, interviewing amazing people from coast to coast. Follow him on Twitter at Adam Ritz or listen to him now on The Adam Ritz Show. And The Adam Ritz Show rolls on. We thank you so much for listening, and we do our best to bring you Interesting guests uh, with expertise on topics ranging from addiction to philanthropy to fatherhood. And that's the next topic I'd like to bring to you with our uh, special guest, Mike Hadorf. You are an expert in the field of fatherhood, aren't you? Well, I, Adam, I appreciate that. It's catching me off guard. I don't know about expert, but I do have some experience with fathers and sons. Before we get to your, um, you know, I don't know if, we, if it's your hobby, your business, your passion. Before we get to uh, what we want to talk about uh, with fatherhood, let's talk about you just being a dad. Uh, how many kids did you have? Do you have? My wife, Sandra, of 39 years, uh, she and I have four grown children, two in Oregon and two in Colorado. Okay. Two boys and two girls. Two, two, two of each. Perfect family. Um, and, and you mentioned Cal- Colorado, uh, which a lot of people call God's country. It's just beautiful. What part of Colorado are you in? We live in Fort Collins, Colorado. And yes, I've heard, I've heard that several times. God's country. Um, it is a marvelous place. And I met you um, while we were talking about something you do with fathers and sons. Uh, tell our listeners about this uh, retreat, I guess I'll call it, uh, and how long have you been involved with it and uh, what it is? 
In 2005, I had the opportunity to take my oldest son, Joel, to a camp in the, um, the Tetons called Christ in the Tetons. And there's a whole backstory there, Adam, that I won't go into. But that, as Joel said later, he said, Dad, it was great spending a week with you in the Tetons, but it changed your life. And that is absolutely the case. What I saw, Adam, in the lives of the dads and sons that week, um, I, I just, I walked away, well, scratching my head, why are we not facilitating or creating these types of opportunities for dads and sons. And then uh, one morning, one of their board members at that camp got up and said, you know, we, we are, have prototyped this camp. At that time, Christ in the Tetons was probably one or two years into what they were doing. And they said, we would like to help other guys, other men elsewhere in the nation to create other types of camps like this where fathers and sons can go together. It's a Christian-based camp, and it's uh, based on the uh, or it's uh, based on the idea of rites of passage for young men. And uh, I just thought, Lord, if I could be part of something like this, I'll give one piece of every day. Now, I wasn't looking for anything to do at that time. I'm a, a local businessman in Fort Collins, have plenty to do. But I, that, that vision captured me. And that was nine years ago. And so you took that upon yourself to... Uh to get involved with that existing camp, or did you start a new one, yeah. or or what are we doing here with um, with the uh, with the fatherhood uh, camp retreat yeah. with your son? Yeah. Great, great, great question. So I came back to Fort Collins after that camp, and I started. You know, obviously, I mean, I was so moved by the whole thing, and we're able to talk to you know several of my friends and a group of guys in our fifties at that time. Um, we we signed a formal contractual arrangement with Christ and the Tetons. They they gave us their information, and we had a formal agreement. And we formed our own 501c3. And in 2007, we launched our first Christ in the Rockies, based out of Rocky Mountain National Park near uh, near Estes Park, Colorado. I, that is a beautiful park. Uh, I've been there with my daughters, as a matter of fact. The Stanley Hotel nearby. Uh -huh. yeah, and, and what is the, when you think of the Stanley Hotel, what do you think of? What movie do you think of? Well, you know, we've done uh, interviews at the Stanley in the uh, category of American history and education. And yes, The Shining. Yeah, you're exactly right. Yep. Yeah, it's a beautiful hotel. It's actually under restoration right now. So there's quite a bit, quite a bit of activity going on up there at, um, this, this winter. So it's just a beautiful part of the country, uh, Estes Park and Rocky Mountain National Park. We're speaking with Mike Hadorf, who is, uh, can I call you the executive director? Executive or director. Okay, the executive director of uh, Christ in the Rockies. This is a, a father-son retreat, uh, a coming of age, uh, rites of passage uh, to really teach a young man, you know, how to be a man. It's about authentic manhood. It was the idea was founded to a, a man who I deeply respect, Robert Lewis, who wrote a book several years ago called, uh, years ago called "Raising a Modern Day Knight," and that is really the genetics of Christ in the Rockies. Now we've taken that data, and and now I have grown and I have researched about uh, rites of passage. Um, ritual in various cultures throughout history. And in America, we're the anomaly. You know, we just don't do that. And there's several reasons why. 
uh, that we don't. But this is a Christian-based rites of passage for young men 15 years and older. Uh, and we hold it over a four-and-a-half-day camp in the Rocky Mountains. We do really fun outdoor adventure experiences. But that, that is really the backdrop or the framework where we'll the, the real work occurs. We look at Jesus Christ as the model of authentic and noble manhood. We compare our default mode through a series of teachings in the evening. Um, default mode as men, we call it Adam 1, the first Adam, mm -hmm. and we compare Christ, the Christ example model, uh, or Adam 2, the second Adam. And so the series of teachings where we look at what our default a default mode as men and what our culture is is feeding into us but yet we look at that what our opportunity is to follow in the light of the second Adam as men and so it's not so much about praying a prayer and then living life on cruise mode but it's about being a follower of Jesus Christ and what it means Adam to be a noble authentic man within the culture of which we live and I'm sure uh, with that demographic of 15 or older, uh, it doesn't hurt to have a, a 10 mile hike or a 20 mile mountain bike ride through the Rocky Mountains to sort of grab his attention. Uh, not necessarily shiny object, hey, and now we're going to talk about God. Yeah. But it really, I mean, that, that's almost, I, I'm thinking when I was 15, it, I, I certainly would be a little more open to having that conversation with uh, elders and peers and my f own father if I was in that setting. Yes, that's exactly right. And again, I think you've hit the nail right on the head that, you know, we have a beautiful backyard yeah. <laughs> in Colorado. And it is, it has a draw. There is no question about it. And, and historically and culturally, when rites of passage occurred, it was always the elders of the community taking their young males out into the woods out into the wilderness, whatever that context was. And so it's a natural that we, we utilize that backyard in Colorado for such a venue as this and such an opportunity. There's just something about guys being out in the out of doors, breathing fresh air, seeing new and interesting and, and beautiful aspects of creation and doing things together. But again, Adam, it is, it's the backdrop of the real work of the father and son relationship and what it means to be an authentic man. We're speaking with Mike Hadorf, and we're talking about uh, father-son and this um, this Rocky Mountain retreat that is just so fantastic. And I have daughters. I, I'd go if I, I maybe I'll go adopt a son and meet you out there this <laughs> summer. Uh, but I have to believe that in that setting, um, there's some powerful stories. And I'll put you on the spot here. You're not going to be put on the spot because you've yeah. probably got a thousand stories. But give me a story or two or three, a success story of a man and his son who had some sort of breakthrough, tears were involved, powerful display of affection, uh, especially if it came from a dad or, and or a son that didn't even uh, know that that was going to happen. Well, you're right, Adam. I have several stories, and I'll tell you the first story. This, this, one of the stories at Christ in the Tetons that... Uh, dramatically affected me. There, there were dads and sons from all over, all ages. In this case, this man was probably in his early 70s, and he had, uh, and he he spoke with a with a Scottish brogue, and um, 
he, his son, uh, about 42 at the time, is Ian. And within the context of Christ in the Tetons and, and then later Christ in the Rockies, we have an opportunity for each dad to bless their sons publicly. And we do this at mealtime. So every dad has a turn. And so this was the, um, the evening that this man got up. And I, unfortunately, I can't remember his name. But he, he faced the crowd and he entered, he had his hand over his son's right shoulder. And he says, gentlemen, I want you to meet my son, Ian, introduce you to Ian. And he says, I'm going to bless Ian in front of you this evening. But before I do, son, I have some things I want to say to you. And so he looked, then turned and touched Ian's both shoulders. And they were looking now face to face Mm -hmm. and looking into his eyes. He said, son, you know that 25 years ago, your mother and I were divorced. And you know how I have spoken about your mother, derogatory, you know, implied negative over the last 25 years. And I've blamed her. And so I, I want you to know that over the course of the last few years, I've just realized how wrong I was and how I've used that as a crutch in my own life. And I need to, at this point, take ownership of that divorce. And I'm asking you, son, to forgive me for how I've spoken about your mother. That is amazing. That is amazing. And I just sat there with my, I can remember the peas on my fork as I was about wide, you know, my, my mouth wide open, just saying, this is so real. This is so good. This is so authentic. And so powerful yeah. uh, from a 70-plus-year-old man who, uh, you know, some could argue the older a man gets, the more codger, codger-esque yeah. he yeah. gets and, and is less willing to admit his faults. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, would, I would have taken that same position but I have noticed, Adam, I've noticed this now, being nine years into it, that there's something that, there's something that occurs in a man's life. If he feels he's, that his son is pulling away, there is something in a father's life that, that wants to reel that son in. And sometimes it takes till 75 years old. Sometimes it takes that man getting to a place of brokenness in his own life where he can even talk at that level. There's so much work that, is, that happens in this father-son relationship. And it's just a wonderful, wonderful role of the Holy Spirit in, in, in bringing... You know, I'll kind of interrupt myself here. You think of that passage, the last verse in the Old Testament about there is a day coming when the hearts of the fathers will be turned to the sons and the sons to the fathers. There's a lot of ways you can interpret that, but I take it literally that there's something special about that father-son relationship, and I've seen it time and time again over the last nine years. And I'm sure everybody that's been at this retreat uh, years later have these stories and can remember and pinpoint, just like the peas on your fork can say, I remember when we had our, our breakthrough and it's, it's changed our lives. Yeah. And whether you're at a retreat in the Rocky Mountains or in your own backyard or your own living room, uh, these are great conversa- conversations to have with your family members and to hear about on the radio. So Mike, we thank you for coming on and talking about this stuff. You weren't kidding when you said it's for fathers and sons 
15 and older. I mean, the story you just gave, the son was in his 40s? Yes, and uh, we say f on our website, 15 on up. We, our oldest son was 50, has been 54 years old. And can I, can I just, do we have enough time for Absolutely. me to? Um, we had a, a pair come uh, one year, a uh, 53-year-old man and his son. Uh, now, does from, he have to go to craft time and make a belt buckle with all the 15-year-olds? <laughs> no, now, now let's rewind for a moment. He came with his son, and they had such a great week together that this man went back to his uh, home, of which he was a, um, a Bible study leader in his community, and he was telling the guys in his Bible study one morning, later after experiencing this Christ in the Rockies, and so the guys in the group challenged him they said, why don't you call Christ in the Rockies, call Mike, and see if you can bring your dad next year. And so he brought, uh, what we did is uh, the two, um, the, the dad and the son came as staff, of which that's part of our model, volunteers. Uh -huh. And I said, bring your dad along mm -hmm. and um, have him just part of the camp. Now, he didn't do the rock climbing and all the activities. He kind of rode along in the van and just was part of the team. But he, he participated in the evening discussions. And I'll never forget the morning that senior, who was 75, called out junior, who was there 54, out of the crowd, by the fire pit where we have the blessings, and said, son, I have something to say to you. Would you come on out? He put his hands on his shoulder and spoke blessing into his son's life, who was then 54 years old. And so I went up afterwards to Junior and said, did you get what you wanted? He goes, I got every bit of it. Isn't that a great story? Great story. <laughs> that is a great story. And it's all true. The Adam Ritz Show is recorded live, both in studio and across the country. For information on this broadcast, including how to hear this show on a station in your city, visit adamritzshow.com.